Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. Is it hard to be you? Yeah. <laughs> Extremely hard. It's exhausting. I should get an award. Life 107.1. Dads, you're so fabulous, you get your very own category. And so do your jokes. Dad jokes are one of my absolute favorite things. And so since the timing was this appropriate, we made, just for you dads, a dad joke mega mix. How do you know a joke is a dad joke? I don't know. It becomes apparent. (laughs) You need to knock on your refrigerator door before you get into it. Why? Because the salad dressing. I was wondering if you heard about the pirate that's getting rid of his alphabet. No, I haven't heard about him. Yeah, he kept getting lost at sea. It's so bad, isn't it? What do you call a factory that makes okay things? I don't know. A satisfactory. I just wanted to warn against telling dad jokes if you're not a father, because to do so would be a faux pas. No! Knock, knock. Who's Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow who? Hey, did you know that trains don't have teeth? Why? No, wait, they do have teeth. Because they need to go choo-choo. You're awful! I ruined it! You can't even tell a dad joke! I broke the joke! (laughs) Trains have teeth. Because how else will they go choo-choo? Oh my goodness! Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting duck. Interrupting duck. Quack, 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 quack! I don't know how I was expecting that to end any differently. How does Moses make his coffee? He brews it. There was a lady at Walmart. She had drawn her eyebrows on. And I said, I think you put him on a little too high. She looked really surprised. (laughs) (laughs) That was awful. I almost made it a full year. A full year? Yep. I was was at 11 months. Really? Yeah. 11 months of what? Well, this past Saturday, the streak ended of driving around... (laughs) Everywhere I went with four giant bags of donations in my trunk. The donation streak. 11 months. They went in my trunk in July of 2020. Now, I'll admit there were a couple of times where like one of them would have to come out of the trunk and go in the garage and then I would put it back in the trunk. (laughs) Just to make room for something that actually went in your trunk. Yep. Yep. Sometimes they've been in the back seat. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they've been in the passenger seat. But these four bags have been with me. For 11 months. Mm. And then this past Saturday, I just said, okay, no, today's the day. (laughs) So I called our sweet friends at Many Hands Thrift and Clive, and they said, yes, we're taking donations until one o'clock. It was 1215. (laughs) I jumped in my car and I drove over before I could find any other excuse. I waited in line. Whoa. I Brought my car up to the dock. The lady came out. I almost hugged and kissed her after she took these four bags. And I was like, bye. Goodbye, bags. See you later. And then I looked at my trunk and I was like, well, guess what? I get to go grocery shopping and put the stuff in the trunk. What is your donation toting record? How long have you kept them around in the back of your car? I remember we talked about this before with you. Didn't, I mean, you carried some donations around like forever. I mean, this, this is just kind of how I operate is you just kind of, 
have all these donations and it's like, okay, time to empty the t-shirt drawer, got some shoes that need to go away and you just put up together the bag and you put it in the back of your car and then you go to the hy <laughs> that's not right next to the Goodwill this one time. And then, you know, the one time you do go to that hy it's raining so you don't feel like being out very much. And then you forget. And it, it gets to a point where it just feels normal. Like you're just used to all of my groceries go in the back seat of my car or along the floorboards or in the front seat next to me and and you start avoiding fairway in particular, because if you have one time where the checker does courtesy for you and takes all the bags out and puts them in your trunk and you say, oh, sorry, I've got some donations, put them in the back seat. Like, then you look really cool. Like, oh, he's got some donations he's going to go take. But then if you go again, you run the risk of having the same courtesy guy and they'll know. They'll know that you're just a procrastinator. So... I don't keep a tally of how long I have those things, but it's at least enough to have gone to like four different grocery stores. Oh my goodness. Is it hard to be you? Yeah. <laughs> Extremely hard. It's exhausting. I should get an award. I'll admit, I carried around those four donation bags in my car for 11 months, and I made sure that I never looked inside of them so I didn't re-fall in love yeah. with anything that was in there, which you always run the risk. You got to keep your eyes away from it, mm-hmm. because if you fall in love, you keep them back there. The fairway guys see all the stuff in the back of your car, and they're saying, man, this person doesn't have their life together. <laughs> Kelly's got a way that she's solved this problem for herself. I was trained by my children way early on that if anything was in the trunk too long, they would open up the bag and discover, like, toys and act like it was Christmas. (laughs) So I had to, like, comply. I mean, you seal the bag, and you don't open it again. Yeah, You don't open it, and you take it straight to Goodwill. Yeah, Even two weeks would go by, and they would be, like, rummaging around and they'd be like there's a ton of treasures in the trunk and yeah. i thought oh and honestly i don't think the carry out boys at fairway really care what's in my trunk i think they They're do happy to be outside it's summer you think they do care i i think they judge me every time oh cute you're so funny there's so many other things to judge me over <laughs> you know here's the thing i mean do people really care the fact that I had four bags of donations in my trunk for 11 months. <laughs> really? Do you think really people judge about the fact that I had those in my trunk? Even the people at Fairway? I feel like people at least can't help but notice. What do you think, Lori? Usually my view lines up with Jen, but I have to say this morning, Taylor. About really? what? Well, I was a Fairway girl. Oh. And I won't say I judge, but we had our own opinion. Oh. We're going to put all your groceries in your trunk when your trunk was full. Oh, no. I can't believe you actually told him that. Great. That's that's what I need rolling around in my brain. I really don't want to say that we judge, but we had our own opinion. You had your own opinions. So what was your own opinion on someone like me who doesn't even bother opening the trunk and says, we can just put them all in the back seat? Um, Lord help me. (laughs) I'd like to think it's because I'm romantic. And I I just see things that would mean a lot to my wife everywhere, including a gas station in the middle of nowhere. I was was on a work trip. Jen was with me, and we made a stop at a gas station to get some food. I think it was in Harlan. Harlan, yeah, something something like that. that. We were heading west. We were going to Omaha. I was perusing the aisles of of savories and sweets, and I I had something picked out. And then I turned, Yes. and they had it like up on top Uh of one of the shelves. It was a giant 
stuffed wolf, like a stuffed animal, big old eyeballs, cutest thing in the world, I thought. And I was like, you know who likes wolves is my wife. And she will think it's amazing that I thought of her right here at this come and go in Harlan, Iowa. I'll never forget. I'll never forget finding you and being like, why do you have that under your arm? Because you like your arm. Well, there's no natural way to carry a giant stuffed wolf. And you were like, I got it for Lindsay. And I went. Oh, <laughs> I thought I thought it was like I was being spontaneously affectionate. You were not sure what happened to that wolf. Oh, you don't even know where it is right now. You know, it became a favorite plaything of our uh, nieces. OK, so, so they a- enjoyed the gift I got for my wife. <laughs> Hey, Jade, did you have an interesting gas station purchase? My husband used to be on the road a lot, and he'd stop at truck stops, and one time he came home and brought me, like, a 10-foot ginormous stuffed caterpillar (laughs) that I ended up using as a pregnancy pillow. Oh! Because it was so long, it could wrap all the way around when I was sleeping when I was pregnant with our first son. Do you like caterpillars or something? No. Nope. He nope. just saw that. He's like, that That made me think of you. Yes. He was like, look what I found. And he brought it in a big trash bag. Oh. <laughs> because they didn't have a bag big enough for it. And he goes, can you just give me a trash bag? <laughs> Uh, this is Anthony. Anthony, Anthony, what's up? I just heard my wife on the radio. I'm in downtown uh, operating my crane, and I have a radio in my crane, and I heard her over the radio, and I just laughed so hard. That was you? You're the caterpillar you guy. The caterpillar? Yeah. Oh, my word! No way! I heard her on the radio sitting here in my crane. <laughs> so now I, now that we've got you, I want to go through your mind. What was happening in your brain when you saw that caterpillar and you said, I got to buy that? <laughs> At the time, she was pregnant with our, our oldest son, and she's been wanting one of those pregnancy pillows, and they were like $200, and I was like, no, I'm not buying that. And I've seen this giant caterpillar, because I was working on the road, I was working on oil rigs in Texas, and i seen that, and I was like, man, that'll work, and I got it, and I brought it home to her, and she just absolutely loved it. And now, our son, he's three, and he sleeps with it in his bed. <laughs> oh, okay. I love this. Can, do you remember how much the... Stuffed caterpillar was? Oh, it was like $30. Okay, Naturally. dude! Yeah. A savings of $170, and you made her happy. I know. Well done. It was perfect. <laughs> was there anything that you would like to say to your wife? Because she's going to hear you on the radio. No, I just love her very much, and thanks for doing a shout-out to her funny life. I think the phrase, well, we, we got it at a gas station, or, <laughs> well... We got it at a truck stop. It's self-explanatory. I mean, there's something about walking into the gas station or the truck stop when you're on this road trip. It just makes it all acceptable. In fact, almost mandatory. You have to buy something. And we want to know the weird things you ended up buying at truck stops and gas stations. We were caravanning across the United States. And you know how kids get bored in the car. My mom told my son at the time, who was like four, that he could get a treat at the gas station, which everybody loves that. And he got this juice gum. It wasn't juicy fruit. It was juice. And he would ask you if you wanted some. And when you would say yes, because, of course, when a four-year-old asks you if you want gum, you share, it would shock you. Oh. <laughs> it would shock I mean, there was an electric current yeah. in gum. 
And he used it for days. And I honestly need to give a shout out to all the aunts and uncles that got repeatedly shocked because they were supposed to keep acting like they were surprised that there was not gum to share. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. But then at the same time, the electric shock that was in that gum, that voltage was high. Yeah. Like I said no to the grandparents. I said grandparents do not want gum. Why do we have pets? Because they're adorable and we love them. But that's a problem when they go missing. Yeah. You heard about what happened to me while you were gone, right? I, I saw your posts on Facebook about poor poor Maggie the <gasps> poor Orange. Magnum! He was lost. He was lost. And scared. Well, we don't know about that. But here's the thing. Last Monday, Taylor's gone, and it's Memorial Day, and I went and had a lovely time with my small group, and I came home from my small group, and I realized my big, fat, orange tabby cat was missing. Always, always. Always, always is waiting for me to go back in the house. Always. And he wasn't there. Oh, boy. I searched. My son searched. My daughter searched. And we thought for sure he'd be back in the morning. Nope. Mm -hmm. No Magnum. So then I start the process of what all the experts tell you to do. The litter box outside. Mm -hmm. I put up flyers. I put them on all the electronic posts. I checked with the ARL. I mean, I did it every single day, every day. And he didn't come home. And he didn't come home. And he didn't come home. And like by Friday, last Friday, I had pretty much given up hope. I really had. But yesterday, I was at Target getting a few things. And I came home. I was kind of lost in thought. And as I... (laughs) Driving into my driveway, I see a flash of orange go by, and then I see my next-door neighbor running after it. Whoa! And I stop in my driveway, and I was like, oh, Magnum! <laughs> and, then, and my neighbor's like yelling at me, Magnum came back! Magnum came back! <laughs> and I get out of the car, and I open the door, and I go to the house door, and I open it, and Magnum goes running in, and then I hug my next-door neighbor, and I'm like, where did you find him and she's like I don't know I looked out the window and there he was in my backyard eating grass (laughs) (laughs) so not only was Taylor gone all last week on vacation but so was my cat Magnum he was missing (laughs) and then this weekend he just strolled up the driveway basically like hey I'm back and we want to hear your lost and found pet stories. You got one of those, Randy? I do. Actually, I was the finder of the pet. Oh! So it was much later than I should have been out. But anyway, I was taking my dog outside to go potty, and she was definitely acting strange, so I knew something was in the bushes. I took her back in and went back out with the leash, and I found this little stray dog and hooked it up on the leash and brought it inside, and the dog had a tag on it. This was great. I called the number on the tag and the woman answered the phone and I told her who I was and I had her dog and she proceeded to inform me I did not have her dog. Her dog was in her house. What? What? Yeah. And I'm looking at this dog and I said, well, okay, but I have this dog and I proceeded to describe the dog and I said, and it's wearing a collar that has your tag on it. I don't know what's going on. So then she says, just a minute. I mean, she's really irritated with me because it is late. I'm calling late. Yeah. And pretty soon she comes back on the phone and says, well, I guess it is my dog. Where are you all come back? (laughs) (laughs) She thought the dog was at her home. But the dog was at your house instead. She was so adamant when she said, no, it's not. And I was like, (laughs) my dog wouldn't run away. 
at this dog like, this is not a figment of my imagination. I have this dog in my house. <laughs> hey, Becky, do you have a lost and found pet story? My husband and I had gone to pick up a foster dog. And um, then the night before, and that morning, he apparently was scared by the garbage truck and took off, ripped the tie out out of the ground. Oh, no. We were, like, devastated. I called the shelter. They're like, it happens all the time. You know, usually they're found. And so, you know, like, we, we just heartbroken. We were looking for this dog. Yeah. Put it on Facebook. Finally got a call from the police. And they gave me an address like 20 minutes out on Gravel Road. And they said they don't have him. They just spotted him. So I drove out there, looked for him. It was rainy and cold. I signed by a gate. So I get out and I'm like quietly talking to him. Get about 10 feet from him. He's full. Oh, oh, no. So I'm chasing after him, <laughs> running. And finally, about halfway through the field, he collapses. Now, mind you, this is a 60-pound Siberian Husky. Oh, boy. He's dead weight at this point. So I carry him back to my car somehow and get him in the car, sing to him on the way home, get him home. And after that, I guess he decided he wanted to stay. <laughs> because this doesn't even try to run away. I don't think anything quite shows you how close and good and important your friends are than when you are going through grief yourself. Yeah. Um, I lost a very close friend Saturday night, right around midnight. The world lost her to cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we you know it's coming, but even when it happens, it's still heart wrenching. And then you start to grieve. Um, you start grieving at the prognosis, right? And at the yeah. diagnosis, but there's the actual grieving that starts after they're gone. It's it's almost two different types of grief that you walk through. I wasn't prepared for how hard it was going to hit. And so I took a day on Sunday to kind of withdraw mm-hmm. and honor and grieve and be a basket case, mm-hmm. really. Okay. And so it was in the middle of that basket case, um, not looking very good, probably full, snotty, crying, <laughs> tearing mess. And all of a sudden, Bagel the Beagle starts to go crazy in my house, going to the windows and looking out. I had the blinds drawn. Mm-hmm. All right. But he was like going behind the blinds to see. Wow. Because something was happening, something. And then all of a sudden, I heard a knock on the door and I thought, oh, Amazon delivery or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, but then the knock stayed, you know, it knocked, knock, knock. And Bagel was whining. And I opened the door. And standing in my doorway was a friend, Mary Jane, standing there. (laughs) She had a bouquet of flowers and a Snickers bar. Nice. (laughs) And she said, I just wanted you to know that I was thinking about you Mm. and I love you and I know it's hard. And I wanted to sit with you for a second. And she just basically was like, tell me about Laura. Hmm. She came into my messy house. She came into my messiness and my cryingness, and she sat down on the couch with me, and she let me just tell her about Laura. And then she hugged me, and then she left. But she leaned in. That's beautiful. She was one of those friends, and I have many, but this was just one example, who, even though it's hard, they don't back away. They just come right in. You know that situation where you're looking at something and you know something's off, but you can't quite figure oh, out, you know, yeah. like you're just 
something is is amiss. Can't really put my finger on it. Exactly. And and that was the experience that I had when I I left work the other day and I sat down in my car, I shut mm-hmm. the door, went to put my key in the ignition, and I always check my rearview mirror always to mm-hmm. see if there's somebody behind me. And as, as I'm looking at my rearview mirror, I'm like something's wrong. <laughs> Something looks different than it did the last hmm. time I sat here and looked at this. But it took me a couple of seconds. And then I realized there was like this string thing hanging from my rear view mirror. Thing. Yeah. And I'm like, why is that? The- oh. And then I looked down on the floor of my car. And there, <laughs> there on the floor of my car was the handmade air freshener. That my daughter's friend had made for her for Christmas that she didn't like, so she gave it to me. Naturally. Okay, all right. And it was so hot that the air freshener melted off of the string. What? And was laying in a semi-puddle on the floor of my car. Oh! That was my so hot that it melted the air freshener from my car. Wow! That's how hot it's been. How hard was it to like... (laughs) Clean, clean that out of the car. Well, you Did you know, need to steam things? I got these fake nails, and I just dug underneath it, and oh, I just like, okay. and pulled it up off the Oh, my goodness. The carpet. So there was you know? a, a as you were pulling a, it. Like, kind of like a... I mean, I let the air run for a, a while. freshly licked lollipop trying to pull it off. Let it harden and congeal a little bit, Net, you know? Ah, yes. <laughs> Nothing like a congealed air freshener. And then I went, and I picked it up off the floor. Oh, and boy. And ask me if the string is still hanging from my rear view mirror. Is the string still hanging from your rearview mirror. What do you think? Yes. <laughs> With the heat comes the it's so hot that stories. You got one, Tammy? My employer had given everybody small bottles of hand sanitizer even before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I have had one in the change cup in my car. And I was getting out of my car at home this week and looked down and noticed that it had expanded to twice the size that the bottle was originally. (laughs) I had visions of if I had not realized that and come out to find my car covered in hand sanitizer. It would have been very clean. Would have been very sanitized. (laughs) I would have been curious if you just like punctured the end with a needle, like if you would have had a a spray gun going on. Of course you would. I have another bottle. Do you want me to try that tomorrow? (laughs) Would you please? (laughs) Hi, Carol. Do you have an It's So Hot That story? My son was in college a couple years ago and he had just gotten this brand new Rubik's Cube with iridescent type stickers all over Ooh, it. Okay. He left it on his dashboard and while he was in class that morning and when he came out at lunchtime the stickers had fallen off oh. of his Rubik's Cube. <laughs> no way! So he probably has one of the few um, all black Rubik's Cubes ever. <laughs> <laughs> this one's really easy to solve. Oh, it's a beginner's Rubik's Cube. <laughs> Okay, so we wanted to find out from our friend Logan that you hear in the afternoons about his, well, it's an interesting so hot that story. Interesting is a word for it. I, I would say <laughs> regrettable. I um, was just road tripping across the good state of Iowa and was swinging through a drive through I had gum in my mouth and no particular wrapper or paper to put it in, so I just set it on the console 
next to me Ew. so I could okay. eat my food just for a second. No, I put it on the console. Is that something you do regularly? Oh, put gum I... openly on things? <laughs> just for a second so Remind nobody... Remind me not to go in his office. Well, just don't take gum off of his dashboard. That's also <laughs> Ew, a good ABC move. gum. <laughs> but I was going to get a napkin in just a moment when they handed me my food, wrap it in that... And then it'll be gone and done with. But it didn't happen. No, I'm very forgettable. <laughs> no, uh, you're very forgetful. Ah, you're not forgettable. Oh, <laughs> those are not interchangeable words. Um, yes, I'm forgetful. <laughs> and I left it there, not for five minutes or for the remainder of the drive, but for the next day and a half. Oh, oh boy. It's been really hot. It's been pretty hot. What uh, happens to pre-chewed gum when you leave it in the heat? Ew. Evil things. <laughs> I How'd you find it? Found it the next day as I was cleaning out my car, uh, <laughs> and I went to grab it. And the thing about gum that's been heated like that is it looks like it's one solid piece, and then you grab it, and it's not. Uh. String. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> you geez. take your other hand and you say, oh, I got to get it off. And then it's oh. on the other hand. And now you've got an accordion of gum and it won't leave you. And, and you're trapped. And still, like just the day ago, I didn't have any napkins in my car. And that was on. I had just gum. Okay. So we know what we have to get Logan for Christmas. <laughs> obviously. Bazooka Joe bubblegum. <laughs> The Taylor and Jen Podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.